If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now, go. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear, check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner, check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast, brought to you by the team behind BikeRadar.com, Cycling Plus and MBUK magazines. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe. And if you can do so, leave us a rating on your podcast provider of choice. It really helps us reach other cyclists like you. We're talking all things gravel for our new seven-part podcast series here on Bike Radar, hosted by yours truly, Catherine Moore. From getting kitted out with the best gear for you to route planning, dipping your toes into gravel racing and simply why we love hitting the path less travelled, we've got a mega panel of special guests and in-house experts lined up for you. Unlike many other disciplines, gravel racing often embraces riders from novice to pro on the same start line, with a growing number of races and formats across the globe. If you're curious about dipping your toe into the world of gravel racing, then this episode is for you. I have the great pleasure of being joined by two talented and experienced gravel racers, as well as Bike Radar's own Jack Luke. (laughs) (laughs) You're meant to laugh. Come on. (laughs) No, that was good. I liked that. That was really good. Representing Team UK, (laughs) London-based Dalila Leckie raced on the road, track and cyclocross before turning her hand to gravel, competing in events including Battle on the Beach, Grind Euro Wales and King's Cup Gravel. Flying the flag for the US in California, Amanda Nauman, also known as Amanda Panda, is an OG of the gravel racing scene, with four podiums at Unbound Gravel, including two years standing on the very top step. When Amanda's not crushing gravel races across the US, she also competes on the mountain bike and cyclocross and co-hosts the Grodio podcast. Good morning, Amanda, and good afternoon, Delita and Jack. Good afternoon. Hello. Thank you, Catherine. Why don't you kick us off, Amanda? Uh, let us know how you got into gravel racing because it was very much in its infancy back then. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so for me, I got lucky growing up in Southern California because we had the privilege of having Rock Cobbler and Belgium all San Diego kind of birthed here. And so I just stumbled into gravel, which at that time we just really called it like a long, a really long cyclocross race. (laughs) Like if you go back in the early history of rock cobbler, like the first articles that were written about it, the word gravel isn't even used. (laughs) It's just like we were doing this dumb ride. 
and I raced cyclocross. So one of the promoters that put on rock cobbler was going to do one of these long races. And it was really good time of the year to just start doing base miles for cyclocross. So for me, gravel was like a happy accident of needing to do long rides for cyclocross season, which was primarily the focus. And then as I got to do more of the races, I found success in a little bit more of the endurance stuff and then just went from there. And I don't know about you, but when I think of cyclocross, I think of like Belgium and the Netherlands and mud, deep, deep mud (laughs) and a little bit of misery at times. Is it very different in California local cross scene? Is it like much dustier? Is it more towards gravel or do you still have a lot of filth? Yeah, it is definitely more towards gravel. But I think California has a lot of single track and technical stuff. So for us, it's what I call a little bit more like mountain gravel. Like we have more a little bit more technical parts to it. Yeah, and yeah, a little bit more mud. It's fun. <laughs> Careful mountain gravel. There'll be bike designers listening, marketing yeah. people <laughs> waiting to swoop in and create a new discipline mm-hmm, in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. How about you, Dalila? How did you get into it? Because similarly, you sort of come from a racing background in other disciplines. I suppose it's kind of similar. Um, around the cyclocross season, sort of me and my my friends, we just ride around the local trails and bridleways that we have sort of on the outskirts of London and we never really thought of it as gravel riding we were just riding our cross bikes um for like training and just for fun and here and there people would go off and do these events um and over time those events started being called sort of gravel events um and then you just I suppose you don't start off think even if even if they are cold gravel events, you turn up on your cross bike and you do it and you're just like, well, you know, I'm just gonna ride whatever bike. Um for years I was just using well actually I've done both. I've used cyclocross bikes on gravel events and I've used gravel bikes in cyclocross races. I'm I very much just like, it's a bike, I'll ride it. So I suppose for me, the first sort of like gravel race that I went and did was Grinduro, um, Scotland which was brilliant. Yeah, really. Like the weather lucked out. I mean, it was, it was beautiful. Like there was a year where it was awful and I missed that year, which I'm glad I missed that year. The the photos look (laughs) atrocious. But the year that I did it, it was, it was gorgeous. And what attracted me to it was that it was like, it's what's in the branding. It's like the party to race ratio. It's like, it's as much race as you want it to be. If you want to go and smash it and like try and win, like you could go do that. If you want to just go and have like a chilled ride and just get through it, you could do that too. And so that was like my first step into sort of gravel racing. And I really like the format that Grinjero does that anyway. So, yeah. I know that uh, Jack was nodding his head furiously then as you appreciated the wonders of Scotland. Very chuffed about that. Well, what can I say? You know, I, I, I any opportunity, I will remind people of how good the riding in Scotland is. Now, I, w- I did the um, first year of Grinduro in Scotland when it was dreadful weather. And I had a, I had a fantastic day out. And then I also was blessed to do it with very, very sunny weather. But, um, well, I definitely can't boast uh, sort of gravel racing credentials like these two. I would, I would perhaps call my uh, competitive ambitions more gravel entering, really. Taking part, gravel taking part. And I started out with uh, the Dirty Reaver back in 2018, which bizarrely I had been, um, I was working in a bike shop in Edinburgh in 2017 
And it was quite strange. It was a very, very, I'm not going to say low-key event, but it was poorly publicised in 2017. Or no, sorry, I speak like 2016. That was the first year it was run. And um, I, didn't, I had no idea about it, but it was the sort of thing I would have been really, really interested in. And someone in the shop mentioned, oh, I'm doing it this weekend. And then kind of after that, I held it in my mind. I really, really want to go and have a crack at it. And I did it for the first time in 2017. I was mistaken. I was there. Mm. I was oh, well, there you go. I won it. it was, uh, I won it in seventeen. That's uh, that was going to be my um, only connection to the UK was that race. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. It was a very, very, very hard day out. It was a bit of a baptism of fire for me, where I'd I'd done lots of long distance riding on, you know, gravel and mixed terrain, uh, just at my own pace. But riding it in a competitive sense was definitely quite a quite an experience and uh, the only thing that really got me around was the Panier CC who are a sort of we'll call them a travel company also kind of sell stuff in the UK they had a fantastic yurt uh, as the final feed stop in the day and I, I guzzled half a wheel of cheese and quite a lot of potatoes <laughs> and that really saw me saw me through the last of it uh, but since then I have also done a couple more uh, Gringiros and a few other small events there but definitely a a taker parter, not a, not a competitor. But I love that there's like space for that. Totally, I like I, I you know I like riding my bike fast. I like you know pushing myself, but I'm definitely not somebody who's committed or dedicated or talented enough to actually be competitive. And the thing I've always enjoyed is that you know, yeah, you know I, I don't feel out of place and I don't feel um. Uh, pressured to perform in something like a gravel race. And that's reflected in how people will ride these events. I'm sure, you know, you two, out of the sharp end of the race, it's a bit more elbows out and spicy at the the fast end of the race. But certainly back, the mid-pack heroes like me, the lower mid-pack heroes, uh, we have a lovely little trundle around 200 kilometres of dusty gravel. That's certainly what struck me. I was very lucky to take part in Unbound Gravel a few years ago. I can't remember the exact date, maybe 2018. And there we were lined up at the start line, uh, you know, in the centre of Emporia, alongside people like Amanda um, and like former road racing pros from the world tour scene, um, really gaining popularity at that point. And then there's just like little old me and everyone can sort of, it's just as much about the community as it is the competition um Amanda I would be fascinated to hear your take on Dirty Reaver having experienced what I think is quite generally accepted to be like the birthplace of of gravel um in terms of like where it was really popularized and where there's a lot of races in the US how did you find that the UK compared oh man it's some of the gnarliest gravel I've ever ridden it's because that forest and all of the forestry machinery that needs to go through there the gravel is just huge and it's that kind that can eat up your tires like nothing. So yeah, that was actually part of the reason why I went out there was because Fox had just done their first version of their gravel fork in 2017. They wanted me to ride it out there because they knew it was also going to be chunky and gnarly and kind of perfect for that using that tool, I guess. And so we went out and did that and it was, I loved having that fork. And honestly, it's probably the only event I've ever done where that gravel fork makes sense because it is so gnarly, but, but yeah, it was, it was a really fun, hard ride. I appreciated the suspension back then. I I think the fork was in its early stages of not being good enough yet for what people want to use it for. And now that they've dropped some weight on the fork, the new version of that Fox gravel fork, I think is going to be better for people because it's lighter. 
But yeah, at the time it was perfect because that was some of the chunkiest gravel I've ever ridden. <laughs> feel quite validated for struggling at times on yeah, UK really gravel. Yeah. Actually, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Amanda. Just as a, a brief, I mentioned this to anyone because it just makes me laugh, but I can't remember exactly what I did the first time I did it, but it was like, I don't know, eight, nine hours, something like that took me to get around. Not fast at all. But last year we did a very, very good video uh, for the Bike Rider YouTube channel. It was really good fun. Uh, myself, my colleague Robin and Felix. And obviously we had to go around and make a video on the course. And I would say I was a lot fitter last year than I was way back in 2017. It took me over 12 hours to get around. Just stopping me like, oh, I'm going down this really fast descent. Every every 10 kilometers was absolutely traumatic. Uh, so you can see very much at the tail end of that video, we are all absolutely cooked. So yeah. It's very good. Brilliant. So there's lots of different, I think we've already alluded to lots of different formats of races. Um, everything from like a single stage, like something like unbound gravel to multi-stage over several uh, days or even an enduro style thing like grind duro. Um, Dalila, do you have any preference for one kind of format or the other? I would say my experience is definitely nowhere near as much as Amanda's. But from what I have done, I would say like the single stage one day events, that doesn't really, doesn't draw me. I either like the sort of enduro style thing um, where it's a lot more broken up. I think that just suits me more where I can like push really hard and like have time to recover, things like that. Or doing stuff over multiple days. Those two, but not not in the middle, not like just one day because it's a bit, it's just a bit much for me. <laughs> Nice. Amanda, do you have a preference? Yeah, I mean, I would say for the fun factor, the stage racing or the races where there's just one timed segment, I think those are a little bit more fun because you can take a little bit more time to enjoy where you're riding, I would say. But if you're purely racing and you're going for that endurance kind of event and you want to result like the single day long epics, I think are, are fun in that regard because you have a long time to make up room. You can be smarter about eating and drinking. It is a whole different kind of way that you tackle something that's longer and kind of all day, but there there are also more fun ways to race it too. <laughs> and you've done some of the multi-day sort of endurance events as well. How do those differ to sort of single stage or enduro style events? Yeah, I haven't actually done, like the one I really want to do is Rebecca's Private Idaho. She's the one that that I think has the most famous one here in the States that goes over three days. And I think that would suit me because I do have the ability to just keep going day after day. But yeah, it, it is something that hasn't caught on quite yet because it always ends up being a little bit more of a time commitment too for people. But yeah, it does seem like a, a fun way to do it. And she also does it where one of the days is just a timed segment. So it's not like you need to go for eight hours, three days in a row. Nice. We've got um, a really cool event in the UK called Duke's Weekender. Have you done that one, Jack? I have not. I've uh, wanted to. It's very close to where I grew up, actually, in the Trossics. I've really, really wanted to do that. It looks but no, really good. Not. And on the first day, there's a hill climb up Duke's Pass, which personally I wouldn't be uh, particularly excited about, but I know all the hill climbers up there would be very keen on, Jack. And then on the second day, it's like an enduro segment timed um, format. So that's really cool, sort of mixing it up over two days um, as a sort of race weekend. And I think as the number of gravel races explodes, certainly has um, here in the UK and Europe, and I'm sure very similar in the US, there's just more and more different, sort of slightly different formats coming out, some more competitive than others, which is really exciting. 
So Dalila, out of the races that you've ridden, which have you really, really enjoyed and what would you recommend? Uh, out of the races that I've done, I my favourite is and has been for a while Battle on the Beach. Um, like I strongly, strongly recommend that to anyone. <laughs> it's It's mad, it's fast, it's quite sometimes a bit scary. Um, but everyone gets round um and again they're another one where like if you if you don't feel up to doing like full distance there's like an option to just sort of cut out at like two laps um and some people do take that option but for me like one of the best things of that is like just the diversity of bikes that you see on the start line like there's quite a few people who show up on gravel bikes but then there's also the people who are on like mountain bikes fat bikes tandems like it's literally just bring what you got (laughs) So, so what is it about the event format of the course that encourages that? Um, well, it starts off on the beach um, and it's not like sort of hard packed sand. At first, it's like this really loose, soft sand that most of the time you can't even ride through. Some people do and they've got magical skills that I don't have. But you've got to get through that first like 100 or so metres of like really soft sand and then you're down onto the beach and then it's just like hard packed stuff, which for me is where I definitely want to be on my gravel bike. Like I had friends with me um this year and they were on mountain bikes and they were just like dropping off the group like on their mountain bikes on the beach it's only really when we get into sort of it's not crazy technical but it is a bit technical like once you leave the beach um and go into the forest then you probably are going to do a bit better on a mountain bike but it depends on how much time you might have lost on the beach so you've got to sort of balance it up of like what is going to be the best bike for me to do as well as I can um for me that's a gravel bike but we've had quite a few winners over the years that have been on mountain bikes and I think the men's winner they tend to come over from Belgium on like these special beach racing bikes so so far that seems to be pretty upbeat maybe you need a mountain gravel bike (laughs) (laughs) you heard it here first it's the second time (laughs) Amanda this is probably a very difficult question for you I dread to think of the number of races you've um, entered and, and raced over the years. But are there any standout events that you'd really recommend in the US? Yeah, it, that one's easy. I mean, if anybody wants to do the most famous of all, it would be to come and do Unbound and ride in Emporia. But the nice thing is you can also do some smaller races that are also in Kansas. Like there's one called the Flint Hills Gravel Ride, which is very low-key, grassroots. You can get the same feel of riding in an area like Emporia and in the Flint Hills and go and do stuff like that. So I think just riding in the Midwest in general, you can come and do Unbound. Obviously, that's the most famous of all. And the great thing is they have a stepping stone of distances that you can do. So it's not like you have to show up and do the 200 or the 350. Those aren't your only options. But yeah, everybody, I think, in my opinion, should come and ride out of Emporia at some point in their life, even if it's not just to race. You know, you can travel there and just go experience the Flint Hills because it is that's like American gravel in my mind is that Midwest style and and where everybody kind of fell in love with that discipline. Yeah, it's pretty special there. Yeah, absolutely stunning sort of really wide gravel roads, really smooth almost in certain places. Um, Yeah, quite different to the um, mishmash of tracks and mud that we get in the UK in a lot of places. There are times in the UK where I'm riding what I want to call gravel and I'm like, this isn't gravel. This is just mud. It's just mud. Like dirt, dirt, <laughs> yeah. wet dirt. Yeah. In the summer, it Brilliant. would have been gravel, maybe. But 
gravel and would have been mud that's then baked yeah. into that kind of uh, dreadful when it's like sucking bridle weight as well and it's like the horse riders have been down there and it's hardened and now it's just like this lumpy mess because it's just all hoof prints everywhere that's particularly delightful how about you jack you've also done some sort of like ultra grav stuff abroad is that something that you'd recommend oh yeah it's really fun digging back into the thinking, when archives. you said that at first i was thinking what 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 do you mean? Yeah, I did the uh, first edition of the Jeroboam, which is this mad 200-mile uh, gravel race in Italy. And uh, myself and guy I used to work with, a guy called Ruben Bakrati, also used to work with us, uh, we went out and did it. We were quite ill-prepared for it. And I kind of, like, I think we slightly misinterpreted what the intention was with the race. And as it turned out, everybody basically left. I think the race started at, like, 5 in the afternoon, they rode through the night and kind of went over this crazy pass at the back of this valley down the other side and, you know, finished the, the full gravel loop. The Ruben and I were like, well, you know, I kind of want to see all the nice stuff we're riding through. So we got an Airbnb that we arrived at like midnight or something, slept till about four or five in the morning and then left. And, you know, had an amazing ride over. But safe to say we were like very far behind everyone else. We had a, a pretty incredible climb over this pass, but then we were really far behind time. We ended up in this single track bit. Ruben dropped his bike and if you imagine like uh, saddle rails and a carbon shelled saddle, his bike fell over. And the way that the saddle compressed as it fell over, the, the rails unhooked from the nose. So then we had, I took out some toe straps. We strapped down his saddle. He was basically sitting on like a hammock. And then we just eventually bailed because his knee got really sore. It was just a complete and utter disaster, but incredibly entertaining. Very funny. My highlight of that trip was definitely the two uh, milkshakes and chips I had uh, between where we bailed and getting back to base in McDonald's. That was really, really good. Uh, and the uh, the video that we made about it is is very funny. I haven't thought about that in years, Catherine. That's a real uh, long one away, uh, a long time ago. But I think the best event I've done is probably Gunduro Wales. Much as it pains me to give some credit to my Celtic uh, Celtic brothers, you know, I really uh, I did have a really good time at Gunduro Wales last year. The course was very good. I think a little bit overhyped. People made it kind of sound like the most terrifying mountain bike course of all time. It was absolutely fine on a gravel bike. Like, yeah, I got talked out of doing the A-line on the final oh, no. segment because I hadn't seen it and people were like, yeah. oh, it's really scary. And so I was like, fine, I'll take the B-line. And then when I saw the A-line afterwards, I was like, why did you tell me not to do that? Yeah, like it was absolutely fine. And uh, it was great. I, don't know, I had a really, really nice weekend. Even the sort of like the band and the food, the camping, being so close to the village as well was fantastic. So you could get some, um, I have a, you know, my fear of dehydration, go get some beers uh, afterwards. And uh, it was just great. I had a really, really good weekend. I would recommend Grinduro in any one of the, I don't know how many places is it in now, what, six or seven different countries? It's very good. Very, very good fun weekend. How about you, Catherine? What's the best gravel ride, race rather, you've ever done? Oh, gosh. I hadn't actually thought. Um, I think, as Amanda said, in terms of just like awesome, like just absolutely jaw on the floor, like what on earth, amazing experience, Unbound Gravel has it. But then also I've really enjoyed, so in the UK there's this thing called the Racing Collective and it's a free to join um, series of events across the country or across 
England, Scotland and Wales. And they put on both road and gravel events. And it's very unofficial. You pay nothing. You just I think it's sort of done through Strava or something like that. Like you just sort of confirm that you've written yeah, it. Yeah, sort of in inverted commas. Yeah. And there'll be time segments, but they're like Strava segments. And it's all very low key, but it's to help people that are like trying to get into endurance kind of stuff. So we did one called Wales Juro. Um, that's the north from Bangor down to Cardiff over two days with off-road segments. Well, I can't claim to have completed it because it was blimmin' hard work, but it was absolutely stunning route. Um, and a few other little ones called like Cots Duro is a single day. Ox Duro is another single day. Um, and they're just very informal races. So like, yeah, you don't have to pay anything. You just have to rock up and, you know, probably sign up to a Strava club or something like that. And I think those little sort of grassroots things are also really fun. Um, you don't have to to go for some of these big name events to have a lot of fun. So, yeah, loads out there. And I also really enjoyed um, Catalonia Trail, which was a 320 kilometer sort of multi-day gravel bike packing. I'm not sure if it was a race technically. Sometimes the line's a bit blurred um, in the foothills of the Pyrenees, which we again massively underestimated. Over, no, underestimated, um, and ended up taking us four days rather than three but was very beautiful, very beautiful indeed. Um, so, yeah, so if anybody has listened to this and are thinking, okay, great, this sounds fab, I'm going to give it a go, what would be your top tips for somebody who's just starting out gravel racing? Jack, let's start with you. I, uh, having, speaking from disaster rather than perhaps wisdom, I think uh, really assessing your nutrition and hydration strategy, if it's a long event, is the, the place I would start. Uh, you know, you don't have to be riding gravel. It could be long road rides you're doing to kind of replicate the um, the results. But I think, referring back to my first Reaver experience, like, again, I've done lots and lots of long rides, but kind of pushing on very, very hard all day, depleting, you know, your reserves so, so much faster uh, when you're pushing on is a very, very different experience just pootling around for, you know, 200 kilometres or whatever. And um, yeah, I think making sure you can carry as much fluid as possible and uh, timing your food stops and how you're eating on the bike is, is probably the best place to start. I will not at all claim to be an expert in this field. I'm a bit gung-ho when it comes to eating on the bike. Mmm, cheese, yes, please. I'm sure that'll be fine. Oh no, 50 kilometers in, I feel quite unwell. Uh, but I'd say, yeah, food, food and water is what will make and break having a fun or unpleasant day out. I would also say that something like the uh, Dirty Reaver, and Amanda sort of uh, hinted at it there, is that on that particular uh, race, you can actually pull out, what I said pull out, you can drop down to the 160 or I think 70 kilometre ride uh, midway through. And I have had, I've got plenty of friends who are very, very strong riders who have gone out and kind of gone, you know what, I've ridden this far before or I'm having a rough day out. And, you know, I think if you're wanting to start out with an ambitious ride, that's absolutely fine. But choosing an event where you do have the option to sort of uh, see how you're feeling on the day is definitely a wise thing because those gravel roads will always be there next year when you want to give it a go again. Yeah, definitely. Solid advice from uh, Thank some, you. some good experiences. <laughs> memorable, Catherine. Yes, Very memorable yeah. experiences. How about you, Amanda? What wisdom would you impart to a budding gravel racer? 
yeah, first of all, I would say run what you brung. That's what we say here. Just start with the bike that you do have that you can, you know, make work for whatever the course conditions are. But the one thing that I always tell people is that this discipline isn't cheap. You know, the events are a little bit pricey. You're kind of investing in this adventure experience that you're doing. And a lot of times people just forget to do the homework. And one thing that makes gravel so unique is that the events are so very different. So where one, like Belgian Wall for Ride San Diego, the aid stations are fully stocked. You have CHP got like blocking the roads and you have wide open roads. And then you can go to a smaller event where you need to stay in the bike lane on, in the different road sectors. And maybe there are no aid stations at all. And one thing that is so unique is that you need to spend the time reading a rider guide, going through what the aid station plans are, and just spending an hour or two trying to figure out what that event is all about because they are so different and you can't do one and expect them all to be the same. So if you are going to invest in doing this discipline because it is a little pricey, make sure you also invest in yourself and being nice to yourself and doing the homework to make sure that whatever, whatever event you do choose to do, you can do it successfully very solid advice there and yeah because there are so many different disciplines and approaches I think that's the beauty of it because it's such a new thing you know it's not sort of bound by the constraints of having a legacy of you know it's a hundred years old or more yeah um, every event is like a different puzzle that you have to figure out basically <laughs> <laughs> how about you Delila what are your um nuggets of wisdom well I mean Jack and Amanda have covered like some pretty major things there um, one of the things I would say is go friends it just makes everything a lot more fun. If anything goes wrong, you've got people like somewhere around that you can be like, okay, like I need help or what should I do or something like that. And sometimes it can just be that little bit extra motivation to just even get you there to be like, oh, my friends are going to do this. So I'm going to go and do it as well. Um, definitely among my group of friends, we tend to share information to be like, okay, what equipment are you going to use? And we have these sorts of discussions that happen either beforehand or sometimes like right at the start it will be like oh I have this and then someone will go mm, you probably want to do this so I think that's quite important but then also you know sometimes you just make friends along the way because it's a pretty friendly scene I would say there is a big element of what Amanda said in terms of run what you brung but also like know what you're being faced with um it's probably not going to be appropriate to go and ride some really gnarly gravel on like 28 millimeter tires like your, your bike's not going to thank you for that um your body's not going to thank you for that so like absolutely like especially if you're first getting into it don't feel like you have to buy like loads of expensive stuff but at the same time like know your limitations so like for example i mean like a really interesting one that happened the other day um was rafa's a day in hell ride which they actually did two versions this year. They did one that was like, you're probably going to want to be on a gravel bike. And one that was like, mm, you could get away with a road bike. And when I looked at the route, I was still like, mm, even that road bike option, there's a lot of points along here where I wouldn't be happy riding like my full carbon best bike. Like it's, it's not going to do very well. It's like, some of it is really chunky gravel. Um, so definitely like putting that time in to like look into it beforehand to be like okay where exactly am I riding what am I going to be faced with it helps a lot I guess if you're really aiming for the pointy end from the start maybe you're transferring over from um being very talented in another discipline like if you if time allows there's nothing stopping you doing a recce if it's on um public land and rights of way and that sort of thing so yeah 
or you know you could just have a stab at it for your first year and get to know the course or the area the sorts of things that you're coming across and then really go for it in the second year well thank you very much Dalila, Amanda and Jack for joining us today and for getting us pumped for what's to come for the 2020 season and beyond if you've enjoyed this podcast make sure you subscribe so you don't miss anything from us and your reviews are highly appreciated too we'll be back next week for our final episode of the series where we've got a whole host of guests from across the industry giving their thoughts on the future of gravel one not to be missed Thanks for listening to the Bike Radar Podcast. If you've not done so already, please subscribe and share with your friends or leave us a rating if you've enjoyed this episode.